I, I always, I always, you know, tell people that are that are just starting out, they're figuring ways to scale their first sales. Hey, how are you better than Amazon? You don't have to be better in the sense of be better at every single thing. You know, think about why people purchase from smaller, why they purchase from brand. Because either they love the brand itself, or they love the experience, or they love the product itself. And are trying to build a business, you have to, you have to be good at something. Or if you can be best, like good at, at like all these things, you're probably most likely going to succeed. You're listening to Ecomonics, a Debutify podcast, your resource for one-of-a-kind insights into the world of e-commerce and business in the modern age. This is Joseph. I'll be presenting a wealth of industry knowledge from interviews with successful business people and our own state-of-the-art research. Your time is valuable, so let's go. Once in a while, we get to see a combination of classic and modern in a way that more than sounds good on an ad. My guest, Andre Nigrao of Cartloop.io, is co-founder of a unique take on the SMS concept. Essentially, someone is on the other side of the text acting as a salesperson on behalf of your brand. Pretty innovative, I have to say. So have a listen and see for yourself if this is the right fit for you. Andre Nigrao, it is good to have you here in Ecomonics. How are you doing today? How are you feeling? Hey, Joseph. I'm doing great, and I'm excited to have this talk. Same here. Uh, you know, I, 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 I forgot to ask this before we started recording, but what time is it where you are right now? And where is it you are right now? I am in, uh, in the not-so-sunny side of Europe. I mean, I'm in Romania, 5 p.m., um, super cloudy, uh, but, you know, try to keep the spirits up with conversations like this one. <laughs> okay, wonderful. Um, well, let's jump right into this because we got a, a lot that we can cover today. So tell us what you do. Tell us what you're up to these days. Yeah, yeah. So these days, um, I'm the founder and CEO of Cartgroup, which is a conversational SMS marketing platform uh, for e-commerce businesses. That's, uh, that's in a nutshell my title. Now, what I do these days, uh, it's, it's a lot of different things. Sometimes I don't even know what I'm doing. Like, you know, one day I'm, I'm working on a product. The next day I'm, uh, I'm talking with a customer and the other one uh, I'm, I'm working on marketing or, you know, talking to hire, uh, to get a new, a new person on board. So working on hiring. So uh, I would say it's a pretty diverse role at, at this point. Um, just, just, just try to keep, just try to keep the momentum going, and then help the company grow. I, I observe that um, a lot of companies in the entrepreneurial space tend to um, delegate their staff in a more lateral sense rather than a vertical sense. And by that, I mean what you're describing. Everybody tends to fit into uh, multiple roles to some degree, right? You know, we hire people for their speciality, but like you're saying, you're, you know, you're, you're getting your, your. Say hands dirty, gloves off, something like that. But you're getting on the ground level, and you're and you're speaking directly with customers. Which, you know, for some legacy companies, not naming names, but the idea of someone who's founded the company or a CEO to do that, it must be an extreme circumstance. So, uh, to what degree of regularity are you um, interacting with customers? Well, probably daily. Daily, what? Yeah, I try to take some time off on the weekends, but frankly, if I see something that I can help with, I'm just going to jump in you know, help with. Now you, you said that it's a, uh, a conversational service and this is the first I've seen that uh, term integrated, not just into uh, the SMS side, but also frankly, altogether. So we're definitely going to want to touch on that. And I guess the methodology behind it, but I think a good way to start this off is to talk about how you came up with this 
you know, idea. I understand that you're a co-founder and you did uh, do this with a partner. And so one way that I like to ask this question is what unique problem did you identify and you set out to solve? Let me just start off by saying that before Cartoop, my uh, my previous years were spent in the e-commerce space, building building businesses, building uh, e-commerce brands. And, and I started in 2015. So it was you know, at, right at that point when, you know, Facebook ads were starting to get more expensive, like expensive, but not crazy expensive. So I, I got the right at wave in the beginning. Now, um, in 2018, uh, it, uh, what happened, so we, we grew this business along with my co-founder, Lisa. Um, so we grew this business and we're up until a point where, you know, we had steady, like steady revenue. We, we were able to automate, like delegate most of the business. And, you know, that, you know, it's like a nice lifestyle business that's going on. Well, up until a point when uh, our, all our uh, Facebook ads, uh, all, all of our Facebook accounts, business manager, everything was just disabled. Uh, and, you know, there's certain levels, uh, you know, there's some degree. Sometimes, you know, just get like get this light, uh, you know, this light, you know, disablement and then you get it back. Well, this time, like Facebook just deleted our Facebook page, like they deleted it. All. And, you know, the, the story, the backstory is that, you know, a competitor just kept on uh, sending reports. Uh, and, you know, eventually Facebook picked up on that and then they, they just uh, like, they just crushed us like, you know, from six figures per month, we just like, it was pretty bad. So that was one of the reasons why I, I told to myself and, and to Lisa, like, okay, well, this should not be happening. Like, you know, brands should have more ways of making revenue, making money and not by, not just by investing in Facebook, but by, by you know, by building their own channels. And and that point, email was, you know, the was the main big thing. You know, that's one part of the story when, when we decided, okay, like there has to be a solution in the future where brands are going to have another channel. And then uh, obviously we did not just want to build out uh, like an, you know, like the, another SMS solution, just like any, like dozens of other SMS solutions in the space. So this ties into the second part of the story. Um, when we launched our, our first store, 2015, as soon as it took off, we saw like a tremendous number of abandoned carts in the Shopify, you know, like the checkout section. And you just see like, you know, hundreds of dollars, thousands of dollars. And you're just starting out. And, you know, I really, I really freaked out. And I was like, okay, like, how can I, how can I solve this? How can I solve this issue? Like, how can I convert my, my customers? And obviously, you know, being in all the, the different communities, I started to use all the products. Like initially, I think it was MailChimp to send the emails retargeting, I was doing push notifications and you name it, but you know, it still didn't work. So what I did, I, I thought to myself, okay, like, what if I just, what if I'm going to text these people? Like literally just text them like, Hey, you know, John, why did you like, you know, why did you abandon your card? It was something like that. It was crazy as that. It was like, uh, Hey, you know, I saw that, I saw that you're, you were interested in our products. Well, uh, you know, I'm Andre, the founder. I'm, I'm curious if you need some help or it was something along those lines. And I had probably a few hundred of these conversations. And, and the crazy thing is that people were, uh, they were super appreciative of the fact that like a real person was was reaching out to them. Uh, so um, they, they actually, you know, what's, what's funny enough that they actually told me like, oh, I was actually browsing and I love the product, but because of the shipping cost, I, I did not purchase, you name it, like, like thousands of reasons why someone would have been in their cart. Okay, so you know, fast forward in uh, 2019, uh, we we were able to sell that business that Facebook, uh, um, you know, almost crushed. It was it was it was a pretty crazy story. 
we we you know we we even scaled bigger after after the Facebook incident and then we sold it. So we put together these two pieces like okay like how can we you know how can we create another channel, and then we knew that the, this personal level of of connection has is is meaningful. You know customers are are uh, are getting a val are getting value from this. So that's in a nutshell like we we've, we've set together uh, really really super sketchy built out the first MVP. It took us like two months to build it. Uh, we launched it, you know, like uh, like very slow launch, like no no big no fuss. We just put it out there, and, and my partner Lisa was uh, she was she was like very active on different communities, and she was you know, talking to people like, hey, you know, we had the solution, check it out. And that's how we started. I I, I have to say I I didn't want to uh, insert into into your story. I just wanted to let it um, come to its conclusion, um, or rather, you know, the next chapter more in earnest, but. The idea that somebody can, especially a competitor, can um, report bomb your your business and end up co- costing you uh, the entirety of your of your revenue that was uh, derived from that platform that's insane. And you would think that Facebook would have some investi- investigation going on where they would see, well, this person is sending all of these reviews. Who are they? Oh, that's funny. They send they they sell a similar product to the person that they're reviewing. Like it's not rocket science it's it's it would be pretty uh, obvious logic so there's there's i think what that did by the way is i think that planted a bit of the uh, an additional seed of this is what happens when you don't have people uh doing the work you have you you leave it too much to the computer you leave it too much to the ai and the ai they they're using logic but they're not using the right kind of logic because what they're saying is well this person is getting a reporter nonstop. they must be bad you know, uh, do we slap on their wrist or do we go full scorched earth and then they strap on their flamethrower? And so that right there, I think, probably indicated some of the issue, which is, you know what, if I'm going to do this, I have to remember this is about connecting with people. Yeah, uh, I'm not going to get into the, you know, all the details. It's been pretty crazy. I mean, we got up, like I was in the U.S. back then uh, and I, I got to I got to actually go in, into the like. I went to the, like a Facebook office and then try to speak with people. Obviously, I did not go there just for this purpose because I, I had a friend who was working there. But well, essentially, I mean, I don't know. Maybe things change today. But if you if you get blocked in the way we did, uh, it just belongs to an IP uh, or it was something around the IP or whatnot, uh, uh, like department. And yeah, it, it was like a black box. Like you could not you could not get it. You cannot get to talk to them. They were like, hey, you know. There's nothing we can do, so that was that. Yeah, well, I mean, for, for what it's worth, I'm sorry to hear that. You know, people uh, work really hard on these, and it takes a lot of risk. And so, for something like that to happen, it's unfortunate, but a chapter and it catalyzes you to move forward to what we're doing today. Yeah, yeah, and 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 really, that was just as you mentioned, that was the seed. And um, you know, since that event happened, um, obviously, I talked to a lot of people in my network and other people in the e-commerce space. And I mean, guess what? I wasn't alone. I mean, a lot of people were, were were going through the same things. Sure, we had like a really nasty uh, type of disablement in Facebook, but being being blocked or being uh, you know removed from the from the from advertising platforms just happens all the time. I think Google is you know you're so whenever you're you're putting all your baskets into a single channel, it's great you know until it's not. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll make one more point about it, and then we'll we'll switch gears. But I think this also speaks to the. I mean, yes, a business can um, subsist and thrive and succeed solely off Facebook. 
But I think in, in in my analysis from all the people that I've talked to is that it's actually pretty rare at this point. Uh, Facebook will certainly help a great deal, but we're looking for influencers. We're looking for affiliate marketing. We're looking for other means and other channels. At the very least, advertise on a different platform, have different revenue streams, whether you're putting on Amazon or you're putting on eBay. So there's a hundred options. Like, like you say, th- reports can happen for, for a number of reasons. And so that that's just a really important takeaway. With, with that said, uh, here's what I really want to ask you about is the conversational uh, marketing that you're doing um, through uh, through SMS. Now, one thing that I just want to uh, make sure, um, is there a degree of uh, automation um, in your service as well, or is it strictly conversational? It's actually a mix. So what we're doing at the core of our service, at the core of our platform, is the human interaction. Uh, but wh- how we how we see conversations is is basically like this. If, if, if we are able to automate something that, uh, you know, it's something like a repetitive question, uh, such as, hey, where's my order? You don't really need a person for that. You know, it's something that you can automate. So in a way, we're building, we're building these, two, uh, these two, you know, different, well, we're building the product in, in both on the human side and both on the technology side. So they're just complementing real nice in order to be able to scale. At the end of the day, we want to be able to provide our service uh, to a large customer base. So for that, we also need a certain degree of automation. But it's it's really important to remember that if you're using the service, if you're using Hardloop, you will your customers will never realize that hey, this is a you know this is an automated message. Well, unless you're sending a campaign, because we also have the option to send campaigns just like you do with uh, with the standard type of platforms. Well, I can I can speak to my experience in in customer service. Uh, the sales position that I had prior to my position here with uh, Debutify um, was luxury watches, and it was it, it, there was a lot of elements of e commerce, even if it didn't occur to me that it was e commerce at the time. So, for instance, part of my job was being on intercom, and and consumers they they would ask questions, and we would get a lot of the same questions over and over again. And I was automating my job to some degree too. I had. Uh, a Google document with my most commonly used answers. I would copy and paste them over. I would read through them just to see if maybe I need to like change the tone a little bit, depending on how passive aggressive the customer was. But other than that, yeah, a lot of this actually is um, um, repetitive work. And what's funny too, uh, again, speaking from my personal experience is that there's, there's busy and then there's efficient. I can, I can spend all day just typing the same answer out and be quote unquote busy but I'm not really, but there's so many other things that I had to do. It's almost like, oh, I, I, oh man, I didn't get to do any of that, any of that hard stuff or any of that challenging stuff today. Whoa, probably because I spent all this time. It's like, you know, have some, uh, have some self-respect for like what we're capable of and being able to solve problems and not almost like excuse myself by doing the repetitive tasks when clearly I can do much better than that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. At the end of the day, think about it, your customers um, you know, the, all they want is, is fast response. I mean, they, they want fast response and obviously they want a, a response that's relevant to their question or their inquiry. So whether you're, you're doing this through, uh, through an automated message, AI, or, you know, a real person, that's fine. But really, if, like what, we, what where we've seen as, as the biggest competitive advantage, uh, you know, versus something like an automated uh, solution is that, is that, is, is, is in those cases, where you can clearly, or it's 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 very difficult for a bot or an AI to reply. You know, uh, it's something like you know, let's just think like a skateboard shop. You're selling skateboards, um, and you know, someone comes up in, in in a conversation and says, "Well, you know, I'm looking for a skateboard for my, uh, you know, for my brother or for my sister or something." Well, 
you know, at that point, it's quite obvious that you have to, you know, think about, okay, well, in this case, I would, I would, I should ask like, okay, what kind of skate, skateboards is your brother or sister into? So um, that's, that's where really the human, the human interaction is, is most valuable when, when there's, there's very little chance that AI can, uh, can go successfully through the conversation. And, and then the second, the, the second thing is that the context, that's, that's super important. So uh, like, if you're not paying attention to the context and if you're just mindless, mindlessly responding to whatever the customer is saying, that's very dangerous. You know, you really have to look at what the customer is trying to, to get from that. What, what are they trying to achieve? What are the pain points, right? Uh, it, you know, in the, in the case of carts being abandoned, well, I mean, there must be some, some reason why they, they did that. So as a, as a human, what we do, like with, with our team, we try to focus on what is the root, the root cause and try to fix that. We just, we don't just, you know, try to be annoying and then you know, throw them like 10 discounts. Like, Hey, here's a discount. Well, you didn't buy. Okay. Here's another one where here's another one. And, you know, like seven days later and, you know, 10 messages later, you know, they, they, like they convert, but I don't, I don't think that's, uh, that's the most healthy, that's the healthiest approach. What also eats into the margins too. I mean, uh, using uh, coupons and discounts, I don't want to say like, it's like a last resort, but uh, that can, I mean, you're just not getting the same a good uh, um, return on investment if, and not to mention you're priming customers to expect discounts in the future too. The conversational side of it is definitely something that is uh, de deserving of a good chunk. Um, but one of the things I did want to ask about too was, you know, some of the insights that you had gained through abandoned cart and uh, some of this that you had said prior, you said there's a lot of reasons and you're talking to people. So I guess more like lately in a more contemporary sense, what have been some of the um, insights as to why people are abandoning cart these days, given that I think e-commerce is a lot more, I guess, understood and accepted, especially given the circumstances of the last year? Yeah, th this is my favorite question because okay. it's, uh, <laughs> it just opens up like a, like a huge, like, it's like a, it's like a nice box to, you know, to keep on. Uh, building on, well, you know, initially when we started, so I'll start off with, with our thesis before, uh, before, uh, you know, like running and finding cargo, but we thought that, Hey, you know, people probably just have questions around shipping time around, you know, maybe like they want a discount and they could not find it. So they were like, okay, I'm just going to leave. We, we were not really sure where, like where the main issues, um, are going to be. Well, now I think at this point we have over, um, like we have a we have a few millions conversations, like real actual conversations with people responding back and forth. Uh, so we have plenty of data, and we still haven't even like got to really dive into it uh, as as to the level that we wanted to. But there there are a couple of recurring reasons. Well, shipping like shipping costs uh, that like shipping surprise we call this like the shipping surprise. That's still a thing. Like you know uh, like people the, they especially in the U.S. where well, where people uh, expect free shipping, you know, it's like the Amazon free shipping, uh, sometimes even like a $5 shipping, it's just going to put them off. And we've seen this, like, it, it doesn't matter if it's a hundred dollar product, a $500 product. If you put the shipping out there, expect a certain level of uh, friction at the checkout process. Uh, so that can be, uh, you know, the good thing is that that can be, that can be easily solved. You either send them like a free shipping discount or a small discount. And, you know, those, those types of people are, it's not, it's not hard to convert them. So shipping costs uh, at the checkout, it's still a thing and it's still happening. Um, second of all, is payment related issues. 
Now, this is one that we were not expecting to, to be this big. Uh, at, like at this point, uh, this, is in the, in the, this is like in the top three reasons. Now this goes from, hey, I could not like, uh, I could not uh, place the order because uh, the credit card was declined. This is like a very common one to, um, to maybe another uh, not so um, popular reason, for example, is that I could not find the exact payment method that I was wanted. For example, people today, they, they, they love this buy now, pay later. So if they don't see that option, they're just gonna be like, well, oh, I'm not gonna purchase. So they, they they specifically you know go to the go to the checkout process. They reach the checkout, but if they don't see that payment option that they're looking for, they just kind of go uh, you know and and leave their cart. That's a more of a tricky uh, you know, tricky audience to deal with uh, because obviously they want they want to buy now pay later uh, for example or PayPal or Amazon Pay for for a reason. But again, uh, if you're able to talk to them and explain like, hey, you can also use this additional or this um, you know this other option. Uh, and just give him like a small nudge, sometimes just like a text, like, um, uh, like literally just tell them like, Hey, you know, you could try these other, op these other option. It's going to work also regarding payment, like payment issues. Um, let me think what are like the biggest ones. Cause here there, there's, there's plenty of, of things that we encounter. Well, people really, sometimes they, they just, they just like, they just miss, they just don't have their details. Uh, like they want to make a payment, but they're just too lazy to go and check for, you know, uh, like grab their credit card. And that, that sometimes I even like myself, I, I want to make a purchase and, and I look, oh my God, I got to put my payment details, like forget about it. So I'm just abandoning their card. Well, it's an art form to figuring out just how close my credit card should be to me at any given time. Like too close can, yeah. uh, can net me a lot of purchases, too far, not enough purchases. So this is an art form, I would say. Yeah. So, so we got the shipping, we got the, like the credit card payment related issues, uh, so the other one that, that's really big, uh, that it was a surprise for us, are technical issues. Uh, well, I mean, when I say technical issues, it's literally people, uh, ex like people purchasing for the first time on a specific website. So, for example, they see a web, they see a, um, they, they see a, a discount code on, you know, somewhere on the like on the website, like maybe they they get it to a pop up and they they reach the checkout page. And probably you've seen this on Shopify on mobile, uh, unless you press a button and it's like a drop down it opens, there's no place to put your discount right, with the regular checkout. So people were like, hey, you know, like this is something very common. Like, hey, I wanted to purchase. I could not find where, you know, I could not find a place to, to put my discount code. That Again, that's a, that's a super easy, uh, it's an easy fix. Like, hey, you know, here's like, here's what you should do. Like take these steps. And then another one, another pretty big one, especially for uh, smaller brands or brands that are just starting out, is the lack of trust. This is this is something that it, it's it's hard to pinpoint, but people would just say like, oh, you know, actually, I, I just changed my mind because I, I don't trust the website, and it's very difficult to to deal with, especially when you when you're starting out. The great thing about Cartoop is that you have this real person reaching out to someone, and you know, it, it, even if you're just starting out today. And you, do, you have like zero following, really like no reviews, having a real person um, talking to, to your customers and talking, when I say talking is like real time. It's not like, hey, I respond 12 hours later, you know, three days later. It's like real time. It happens in, in a matter of minutes. That's just, this, this just drives insane, like insane amount of 
uh, of trust. And it's a, it's a nice way of building that, that relationship. And I think it's especially not only important, but also preconditioned for customers to expect smaller businesses to take that extra step because they're more uh, in the, in the bootstrapping phase of their, of their uh, progress. And so they would, I think, expect the seller or the, the marketer or the sales space or the customer service and who, whatever title uh, they go by to fight a little bit harder for each individual sale. Yeah, I, I always, I always ask, you know, tell people that are that are just starting out and and you know they're they're figuring ways to scale their first sales. The fact of the matter is that like, hey, how are you better than Amazon? And it's a question that obviously it's going to put off a lot of people that are thinking, you know, I, I want to build a, an e-commerce brand or I'm, I'm trying to scale my e-commerce brand. But you don't have to be better in the sense of be better at every single thing. That's just going to be, if, if you're better at every single thing, you're going to be a billionaire and you should not, like, you should not be here, you know, listening to pockets. You should just be like, you know, running your, your, uh, your like public company if you're better than Amazon. Well, they, they can, e- they can email us and feel free to be a guest on the show. <laughs> exactly. But, yeah. but think about, think about, you know, a, a very specific way of being better. So for example, offering, you know, a better support or that's, that's a hard one, but you can do it or offer support from the founder or offer support. Through, through multiple channels, right? Not just email support. You know, think about, you know, think about why people purchase from smaller or from, uh, you know, why they purchase from brands. Because either they love the brand itself, like they love the cause, they love the brand, or, or they love the experience. They love the purchasing experience. They love what it comes, you know, what it means to purchase that product, or they love the product itself. So, you know, when when you're launching when you're launching a business or you're, you're trying to build a business, you have to you have to be good at something. Or if you can be best, like good at, at like all these things, you're probably most likely going to succeed. This is a point that I've uh, brought up a couple of times uh, on the show before, and I think you might um, uh, appreciate the insight as well. Is that pretty much anything we do is an extension of the self, and I think and I think that same is true for a business. So with a brand that I would start, or with somebody else would start it is a, an extension and expression of who they are and what's important to them. So a lot of what they're good at is just coming and is the ability to sell something and really mean it and, and really get behind the product. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So with the, uh, I, I still, f- I, I, f- I find this a conversational, give me, oh, sorry, one more time. What is the exact term you use? It's conversational marketing or conversational text marketing. Yeah. Conversational, conversational text, text marketing. marketing. Okay. Yeah. Right. Great. Yeah. So, um, the way I want to ask this question is in there's well, there's two parallel ways I want to do it. I want to ask, you know, let's just say I were to go onto one of the websites using cart loop, I abandon the cart. Um, what am I expecting? And then how far do I get to, you know, take a conversation with somebody? And then also as a seller, if I were to sign up for it, what are the initial steps that I take to have cart loop uh, integrated into the business? And just to give you an idea, like the next part of this, I will also ask about, I guess, the relationship between the agents who um, I'm, I'm kind of an educated guess here, but what they're doing is they're working f- uh, for Cartloop, but they're representing my brand. Is that right? Yeah. Okay, that's great. Right. Okay, great. So we'll, we'll prime that and maybe you'll answer it with what you're about to describe. But so, sure. so customer expectations, seller expectations, go for it. All right. But now from a, from a, from a customer, from a shopper perspective, well, what you have with Cartloop is essentially a 24 seven concierge on your mobile phone or your, through text. When we initially launched it was we were targeting uh, only a part of the funnel, the, the cart abandonment. We went after that part of the funnel. Now today, with the products that we're launching, um, essentially you as a shopper can send a brand text messages and uh, you know basically start a conversation uh, and get 
get support 24 seven without even going through the checkout process. So for example, you can start a conversation by subscribing to a pop-up or by using um, uh, a newer feature that we're working on where the brand itself, they purchase a phone number and, and customers can text that phone number. That's going to land in, into our inbox, card tips inbox. And from there, our experts are going to, um, are going to answer all the questions. So essentially it's a, it's a, it's a 24 seven concierge. That means any questions we have. So you're, you know, we can, we can, we can, again, we can come back to the example with this keyboard. So you're looking, you're looking to purchase, um, a skateboard. So you can, you can text the phone number, a card, the phone number, uh, and you know, maybe you're not, maybe, maybe the website doesn't say how much the shipping costs and, you know, you don't want to get to the checkout. So you're like, Hey, you know, let me text and see how much is going to, how, how much am I going to pay for shipping? And you're like, Hey, how much does the shipping cost? Well, and you get a message back in, in a matter of minutes. So that's really like the beauty is that you don't have to go through, uh, this ticketing system, you know, the, the, the old school or like the, the standard type of support, uh, standard type of communication, you know, is this ticketing system where, uh, you know, it lands into a ticket, like in, into an inbox, it's tickets, live tickets. So, uh, you know, sometimes it can take hours. Sometimes it take, it takes days for, for, uh, for a customer support person to really reach that ticket. So in, in this case, everything is instant. So the moment you plug in hard loop, you have this 24 seven, uh, SMS concierge. That's incredible. One of the, uh, challenges that I would see is also, just making sure that the agents are, um, I mean, for one, there has to be some knowledge about the brand. Um, I'm also about conveying the tone of the brand. And before, actually, I guess before we get to that, one of the things that I would want to know more uh, on a granular sense is, you know, how the work is assigned. Is it that like, is a certain agent will maybe specialize in a certain brand and so it prioritizes to them? So then that way you do have more of that consistent familiarity? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Okay. So, uh, like coming back to what I said, when when we were building the technology, we built it. We built it in a way that it just uh, it just emphasizes or it just um, you know adds value to what uh, or it actually makes makes life of, of the of the agents easier. So we built that's that's part of uh, that's part of what we're building is just making sure that you know agents first of all they have not just a good but the very good understanding of the brand of the offering the products they they sell. Uh, different types of policies they run. So um, this is this is the first. This is the foundation of what we do, right? We like no one would want to use a service and then um, you know in, in return they would see some random messages or like whatever you know conversations that should not happen. So that's the first thing that we do. And uh, for that, even as a as a cost, as a customer, so as a merchant actually, uh, you go through an onboarding process where you enter some 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 essential steps, like some essential details. And then in in Cartoop, um, if you're if you're one of our uh, higher tier plans, you have 24 seven uh, Slack support. So for example, even if it's something that hey, it's like a maybe a question mark that we're not sure of, we're just gonna fire a question in Slack, and and then uh, we'll be able to answer answer the shopper. And then uh, on top of that, there's a, there's a dedicated section in Cartoop where you as a cost you as a merchant, uh, we call it merchants customers. So uh, you as a you as a merchant are able to put uh, any kind of uh, any kind of details that are not available on their website. So that can be, you know, special promos that are not available, policies that are not, you know, they're not public, but it's just like a transfer, like you're, you're, you know, you're sharing knowledge with us. And then uh, when our agents are applying or they, you know, they, they always use that information as, as a starting point. 
I don't say this uh, uh, lightly, but I, I'm in a I'm in a very good position right now. I'm getting in a lot of information, and I have the ability to uh, to do my own store, and I'm taking pretty well care of here. Uh, but I have to say, if everything uh, uh, collapsed and I would have to apply for for a new position, I can see myself applying to to work for Cartloop. Because I, I mean, for one, I have the experience, right? I've, I've, I, I used to uh, love being on intercom and phone calls. Yeah, you know, my voice dries up at the end of the days. And you know, the, the problem with phone calls, by the way, is that customers would would call and I would answer the same question over and over again. So it's hard to automate myself. Like, but the answers go into muscle memory, and it gets to a point where I'm playing Diablo and uh, and I'm answering the questions. Don't tell my former boss I said that. But other than that. The idea of being able to actually adapt to multiple brands and and have these ongoing conversations is actually a very fascinating idea, and I and I really appreciate just how it can really provide work, especially in such a remote focused uh, society that we're not only in but are continuing to move towards. It is um it it is one of the challenges. So if, if you're building a hybrid uh, a hybrid product, which is tech and also the human side, you you want to you want to make sure that the human part is is always. Uh, I would say, you know, it's at it's at it, it is at its peak, so it's never gonna be, you know, below of what you as a as a merchant would expect. So that's something that we we continue to invest in, and and initially it was like the way we started, it was just Lisa and I were literally just responding to messages back like you know when we started a year ago. Uh, so uh, fortunately for us, uh, you know, having this uh, e-commerce experience, we were able to scale scale the team and put all the, the strategies in place and, and, you know, provide all the necessary training. So, you know, the people that, that are, are engaging in these conversations are super knowledgeable people with, with background in e-commerce and they know exactly, uh, you know, how to respond and, and you know, what, what type of details to provide. Mm-hmm. Um, (laughs) you know, it's funny because too, I just remember we were uh, given like certain scripts, um, depending on the situation. And, uh, one of them was always like, you know, you always start off with an apology if they're irate. And then you always said like, I'm going to go ahead and and do this. And, and I, and I have to admit to like, you know, being coming from more like the performative side is that I'm always like tempted to veer off, not not so much to the point of unprofessionalism, but to find a little bit more of like a personal bent just to have a little bit more of like a, a direct connection with it. So I'm not exactly sure how I want to ask this question. It's like three questions all competing at the same time. Um, but with what is the degree of um, intuition or initiative that the agents take? Uh, how strict, uh, I guess it would be on a brand by brand basis, how strict they want the uh, agents to adhere to it. But, you know, over the course of the day, what are the different kinds of conversations are they having? Do they get? To, are they having a lot of conversations where it's like back and forth for for hours and hours, or like was like the longest conversation that somebody's had? I, I really overall the the holistic um, interest here is you know the experience of of being the agent and and what they expect on a day to day basis. Sure, um, one of the challenges that you know as a especially as a customer customer support person. Um, you know, with, with experience, you're kind of biased because you tend to respond to, you know, emails in a certain way in a, like a long form, right? Like, hey, thank you for contacting us. You know, I, I'm going to look into this. I appreciate your answer. And, you know, it's like a long form type of response to email. Well, for us, everything that we do is text-based and that just changes the dynamic completely because, you know, you cannot just use the same language, the same type of format uh, through text. 
like the way you cannot just you know te- text their customers just the way you emailed them. So so that's a fundamental shift that we that we that we uh, that we you know started with and adapted from the from day one. That means all the conversation has had you know has this person that has this feeling like hey I'm talking to a friend I'm not just talking with a customer success person. We don't do like uh, you know dear John thank you for contacting you know Brand we 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 tend to stay away and and you know part of like part of the you know 101 training uh you know the first day at Cartoop as as a as a live agent is like hey you know try to try to text like you were texting with a friend it's not try to provide customer support but try to build the try to build a customer relationship through text so uh that's that that's a totally different way of, of uh, you know talking to customers and and sometimes again as, as a customer support person you just feel awkward because hey you know i'm, I'm speaking uh in in a very personal level uh, and, and it just, you know, probably in a few days of doing it, you just get really good at it. And then that's, uh, that's what we've seen, but, and then we have a thing, we have a feature called brand personality. So when you sign up, you, you can basically choose the way you want us to represent your brand. So do you, do you feel like your brand is more of a like promotional type of brand and you can use that personality where you're just promotional or uh, is your brand more of a professional brand? So maybe you're even like selling B2B and you don't want to, you know, don't want to sound too promotional. You can use that brand personality. So our agents are looking at that information and they're adjusting uh, based on, based on what you're uh, like, what you set up in, uh, in your account. Great. So let's, uh, let's sidetrack here for a second. So in the B2C space, sorry, uh, I meant to say B2B. In the B in the B2B, B2B. space, that's what I was uh, wondering uh, how the, the relevance of SMS uh, messaging um, in it. So you've got the data. So how uh, prevalent is, uh, is has SMS been integrated into the B2B space? Well, we've thought we've started this with an experiment. So we've put a, we've put a phone number on our website and we've linked it in, into our system. So. Uh, we got a we got a we got a decent amount of text messages, like inbound text messages from visitors, like website visitors asking about different things. Um, that's that's the level of uh, you know SMS communication we're having uh, at, at this very moment. I know that there there are many ways to to embed SMS in, in even into B two B. The only thing here that it is is. Um, I'm also going to sidetrack for a second is that, especially in the US, there are some very strict regulations around SMS and how you can use it, right? Uh, email, you know, uh, you can grab an email, there's a customer signing up, you grab it, and then, you know, you, you, you just send text, like you, you send them newsletters. That's fine. You know, no one is going to sue you for that. But if you're doing SMS the wrong way, especially in the US with, with DCPA, CTIA, uh, there's many regulations. So you don't want to don't want to do it in the wrong way. Uh, that's why in the B2B space, perhaps it's a little bit more difficult to get that um, to get that com- consent from, you know, let's just say, you know, you're thinking about uh, building an SMS list instead of an email list on, on, on the B2B side. It's just going to have a little bit more of a friction point versus email. But with that being said, with more and more people, uh, you know, like engaging with text messages and then, you know, having this openness to, to, uh, to, to read text and reply to them. I think it's also, uh, it's, it's like a segment that, that we, we could possibly potentially see, see grow as big as the, as the retail one. And, and I think a lot of that also has to do with what I was saying at the beginning about how a lot of e-commerce businesses, um, which will, I think, over time also influence 
whatever contemporary or, or non-e-commerce businesses, not that there's very many of those left over, frankly, um, that because the work is more uh, delegated on a lateral sense, then I think that also would lead to a more personable relationship between different companies because you have different people at different um, positions handling multiple responsibilities. And there's a more of an overall understanding of what the work takes. So, um, which is to say, I don't think people have to put on as much of a mask you know, when they're, uh, when they're interacting with it, because there's a lot of empathy there. And that's one thing that I've noticed too, by the way, that, that's great about all the people that I've talked to in the e-commerce is that everybody is chill because there's so much risk involved. There's so much, um, uh, difficulty that I I've yet to encounter somebody with like a massive ego. Who's like, Oh, can you, can you, can you ask that? Anyways. So I don't want to get off on a tangent there, but, uh, I, 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 I can say that's the reasoning why I think over time, um, uh, B2B will be as prevalent as B2C. Um, more, if not more, possibly. I don't know. I don't have the data for that. By the way, if you're a current user of Debutify or haven't tried us out yet, Debutify version 3 has been released and now is a good time to upgrade or get started as any. A streamlined user interface along with an ever-increasing array of conversion-boosting add-ons is waiting for you. So download today for free and start your journey. Who knows? Maybe I'll be interviewing you before too long. One thing that I wanted to also wonder, this is more like a specific feature, or let's just say, for instance, I wanted to jump in myself uh, and uh, do some of that texting. Um, do I have the ability, like, can I go onto my, um, the app interface and say, hey, guys, I'm just going to take over for a bit. Is that an, is that an option? Actually, yeah, uh, okay. with, a, with, a, with, a, with a small caveat here. Sure. Uh, so we've, we've recently built out, uh, we started building out integrations with help desks. So help desks such as Gorgeous, uh, we have uh, a few more help desk integrations coming up uh, soon. So uh, initially, when we launched Cardlube, you would not have this ability. Like we, like our team would be 100% in control of the conversations. And we have, you know, we have people saying, "Hey, you know, I would love to have this opportunity to, you know, to also talk to my customers." Um, and then there's also there's also another need when. At, you know, at, at the certain point, there's there's a level where our agents are not able to, you know, to further continue the conversation, and that can be as simple as a refund. We don't take, we don't, we don't do refunds. Like we don't do refunds. We don't do like, um, you know, special deals or anything like that. We just act under uh, like we have some settings, and we just follow those settings. We don't, we don't do anything on behalf of you unless we have the the authority. So we don't do refunds. Well, at some point, you know, in the conversation, there's actually many points where. Many scenarios where a customer would say, you know, let's just say we had a conversation a month ago. They purchased, everything is great. You know, one month later, because this is the the, the beauty of conversational SMS, you can literally just text us back two months, six months, a year, you know, later. You, you'd still be able to talk talk to us and ask for a refund. Well, if you're not connected to Gorgeous, what what we what we've been doing uh, before, you would get a like a notification saying, hey, you know, this this conversation needs your attention. Check it out. And then you would see who's the customer. You know they want a refund, and they, you would uh, you would email them in, in, on a different channel. Well, not right now with Gorgeous, what you can do, uh, or with help desk integrations, uh, what we're actually we're doing. So our agents, when they see a conversation like that, they simply just transfer it to Gorgeous. So you, you get all the all that information. You'll get all that conversation in your help desk, and from that point, yourself as you know as the you know the person who's running the business or your support team will get at will get that conversation. And essentially, you are the one talking to the customer. And the cool thing is that once you close the ticket, you know you resolve that ticket. The conversation is sent back to Cardloop, 
we have, you know, again, we have, um, we have control of the conversation, so you don't have to worry about it. So it's a really cool way of, you know, both not having to rely on, you know, hundred percent on your customer supporting only when it's necessary, only when really, you know, you're the one providing the refund. Because I mean, again, coming back to what uh, what smaller brands really need in order to uh, to succeed is the ability to win on those smaller battles and convert uh, individuals. So, as much as I, I I do enjoy doing that, I do have a lot of the sales experience. But I also recognize if I were to try to scale up my business to a six figure, seven figure territory, there's no way I wouldn't be able to have the time to do that. But I can convey a lot of my methodology to um to to somebody else, and then also step in. When uh, when is the right time to do so? Um, the the thing that aha, do you remember the thing I warned you about? He came and knocking. Yeah. So so to our audience, we had a conversation before that uh, a building inspector was going to have to come in. I asked him to wait until eleven. It is ten fifty one. So let's uh, let's see what happens here. Hang on. All right. All good. Turns out they didn't have to come in, which is uh, just as well because I'm wearing one of my conspiracy theorist t-shirts. Anyways. <laughs> Now, so, oh yeah, it's great. So this is the the next thing that I wanted to know. And again, more of a technical question. This will all take place on one phone number. So let's just say, for instance, when agent has done their shift and somebody else has a tag in, is it as simple as, hey, this is Rick. Uh, I'm just taking over from what Scott was talking about. Um, and then Rick would, you know, catch up on the conversation. And then if I need to jump in, I would say, "Hey, this is Joseph. I'm the uh, CEO, f- founder, and grand uh, puba of the of the brand. Um, I under- I understand what's going on right now, so I just wanted to uh, to text you directly. Is that is is that how it would work? We built a system where every store has a brand personality. That means, again, through the sign up process, you choose the brand personality, and it can be something like uh, Emma. So it's like a it's like a it's basically like a brand persona, brand personality. We call it the uh, brand personality. Like, okay. That means you're just using this, the, this, the, the same name. We're not switching names, you know, mid conversation. Like, oh, you know, this is John or this is Joey or this is Jane. We're just using the same. Uh, we just use the same brand personality. And uh, even even if you're, even if we're sending the conversation to the customer support, they, you know, the customer support can can basically seamless. Uh, they can seamlessly continue the conversation, and at the end of the day, the shopper will just feel like it's it's a natural conversation, and it's just a single point of contact, and and that's that's kind of a neat neat uh, neat feeling. Not not knowing that hey, you know, it's like I'm talking to three people here, like it's just a single person that you're talking to, and and that's that's quite a, a good customer experience. Mm, yeah, I, I I like that a lot. It, it it does make me wonder whether or not there is a because um, tying in the the AI and the automated side into it. If the conditions are set based on the brand personality, so that you know their answers will be automated in a certain way. So it's like you're kind of teaching the AI as well to uh, to be more adaptive to the kind of conversations they're meant to have. While also there's this part. By the way, this is speculation. I don't know if this is what you're actually doing, but if it's also so you have that, and then you also have somebody who's also, um, you know, putting the character on and also doing the performance side of it as well. Yeah. So every, like every interaction has its, or at least all, every automated interaction has its specific based on the brand personality. So if you're, if you're going back, if you're using the, 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 the professional brand personality, um, all the automated responses that fall under that personality are going to have this uh, more of a professional tone It's going to be more formal than informal. And it goes the same with the responses that our agents are providing. 
that covers everything that I can uh, think of in regards to it. I did. I, I don't normally ask a question this open ended, but in the interest of making sure we represent it, is there any other element to um, this part of the service you want to let us know about? Otherwise, we can. Uh, I have some other questions I want to ask as well. Well, I mean, we, we really covered all the basics. This is this is like the infrastructure that that is that is powering our service. Uh, you know, what's good what's good mentioning is that moving forward at Cardu, um, you know, we'll be providing uh, we'll be providing this. You know, human-powered conversational uh, solution, not just for cart development, but for pretty much uh, whatever your regular automated platform is doing. Are uh, you just adding this conversational layer on top, and it's just going to provide a way better customer experience? So that's a you know that's something to keep in mind that uh, you can you can literally you know sprinkle human touch across all your all your customer journey, not just you know when when they abandon their cart. I mean, I would even argue too that even if it is just a uh, uh, just an AI uh, responding, that is still a step above what a lot of other brands are doing, which is nothing. <laughs> so, or even just sending in, sending emails. So it is it it does take work and it does take a lot of um, human interaction with with potentially an AI to make sure that they're primed and and ready to, to interact with it. And then you just human connection at uh, at, a, at a larger scale. Yeah. You know, one thing to one thing to it's worth mentioning is that if you're looking at some automated solutions, and of course I'm not going to name names, um, but you know, there's some big, you know, there's some big uh, platforms, you know, also email platforms that provide SMS solutions. Um, so, you know, when you send a campaign with that with that solution, and you're trying to respond back as as a shopper, the default answer is just going to be like, hey, you know, we cannot we cannot answer your text or something like that. You know, it's like. Like, that's super weird. Like you're just getting a text message. You know, sometimes those campaigns can be super personalized. Like, hey, you know, hey, John. Like, I saw that you're checking our product. I have a special discount for you. And then you want to ask something like, oh, cool, but you know, you know, can I get it in black? And then you get like, oh no, we cannot give your text. Like, that's you know, from a consumer perspective, I, I, you know, we really stand, uh, you know, we really fight against that kind of customer experience. Uh, so that's why you know everything we do has this personal two-way, uh, you know, two-way level. All right. So Andre, I'm going to uh, shift gears because there's something I've been um, intrigued about with uh, your experience. So one of the things that my um, my producer Micah does, um, for whom I'm eternally grateful for all the work she does, is she goes onto LinkedIn and she finds out more about the the guest background. I do it, but like I said, I'm a bit of a tinfoil hat guy, and I just don't like the idea that LinkedIn lets people know who visited. I just I don't know. I just I just don't like it. I get it. I understand. I just don't like it. But you have um, quite a few um, credits uh, in regards to being a founder. So my, from by my count, you founded four, let's see, one, two, three, four, five. And I think that's the, like, and mind you, I haven't looked at everybody's LinkedIn because uh, uh, Micah came up with the idea um, a little bit more on the recent side. But what I wanted to ask about is the skill set of being a founder. Is from each of the uh, the, the projects that you had worked on, um, what were maybe some of the the, the skill sets, some of the methodologies, some of the takeaways that you've applied or you've learned from one that came with the next, came to the next, came to the next? Well, that, that's a question that we could probably spend another podcast on. I would love to do so. I'll, I'll try to be as as, as uh, you know straight to the point as possible. Well, you know, oftentimes when when uh, especially when you know like founder type of like or like uh, you know founder advice type of discussions that sometimes they can be dangerous because you know you can you could be biased as a founder you could be biased and and I'm honestly I'm biased based on my you know personal experience 
Um, but there, there, are, there are some things that I, I, I learned along the way. Probably the one that you know everyone could expect to hear is that you have to be persistent. Uh, if you think that you know being an entrepreneur and being a founder is is glamorous and it's you know you see a lot of you know like founders like hitting their goals and hitting a lot of success you know like it doesn't matter their age it can be twenty it can be thirty it can be forty. I'm pretty sure that there there has been a lot of pain and there has been a lot of work behind that success. Um, and unfortunately, I did not know this when when I started. You know, I, I was I was chasing something like oh I want to be a founder. And then I quickly realized that, hey, like, what am I doing? Like, I, I, you know, I don't have any kind of success, especially with the first e-commerce businesses that I, that I built. Uh, I literally launched my store and I expected, like, my expectations were, oh, I'm going to make a lot of money. I'm going to be rich. Guess what? It didn't work out. It did not work out like that. So, um, you know, being persistent and really, you know, like really thinking like, hey, why, why am I doing this in the first place? You know, it's, it's cool to be a founder. It's cool to, you know, call yourself an entrepreneur. Definitely, it, it's one of the best jobs to have in the world. Like, I would not do anything else. You know, you have to think about, like, why you're doing this. Well, do you want to do you want a certain level of, you know, want, want a certain lifestyle? You want, you know, to have a certain experience. And if you're true to yourself and, and, if, and if you're like, hey, you know, I want to do this because I want to I want to get to this point in my life, then, you know, just go with it, but, you know, be, be prepared not to get where you want to get, uh, you know, in the timeline that, that you have. So, uh, and, and, you know, you mentioned that I've been, uh, like, you know, I founded five companies. Yeah. And most of them failed actually, you know, I had an e-commerce business that went well, but I tried many other e-commerce business, like many stores before and, and, uh, CarTube now is, is probably my third, is my third software company. And, and the previous two were just like, it didn't work out and yeah, being persistent uh, and, and, you know, having that grit, it, it's important. Another, like another one, uh, you know, as, as a founder, I think you, 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 um, you have to be able to see like to connect the dots and, and, and find gaps, you know, in the market, find gaps, you know, find, you know, find solutions to problems. Uh, basically, you know, what that's entrepreneurship, you, 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 you're, you know, you're creating a solution for, for some problem in the market. So the better you're able to understand this, uh, you know, the sooner you're going to get, uh, you know, to build something. Uh, and then the third one that uh, it's worth mentioning is really the team. Um, when, you know, with my, with my e-commerce mentality and in my, you know, kind of like the quick win chasing mentality, I was always thinking, I always thought that, Hey, you know, I'm in my, you know, I'm in control. I'm the one running the show. But um, the moment I started working on Cartoop, I realized that the team is really the number one thing like you could be the smartest guy in the world you can literally be elon musk like what would he do without a team like honestly what would he do without a team uh so really really finding that those really finding those people that are that you know surrounded people that believe in, in what you're doing uh it, it's super important well i mean that's a great way to summarize it and uh i i, I definitely understand that this would be um worthy of a whole other episode so and by the way door is always open so you know, if you give yeah. yourself a couple of quarters, you want to come back and we can actually go through the, the, the businesses in particular, talk about the ups and downs of them. I, I, I'd love to hear that uh, for sure. So we could definitely get to that point. So just uh, plan on that seed for now. All right. So let's, so let's, uh, I got, I, I'm going to get uh, one more question. We'll, we'll, we'll go for more of, um, of an, um, forward facing note on, on this one. So the future, uh, we wanted to just ask a little bit about the future of not only SMS marketing, but I think the future of marketing in general. So it seems to me that what you're doing here is a mixture of 
um, forward thinking, but also um, taking a lot of what makes sales work, which is having people there and making personal connections. So what do you see coming in the next uh, three to five years, um, particularly in your space, but also as broad as you have the, uh, the expertise to weigh in on? Yeah, I wish I'd known that answer. I would probably, I would probably uh, be, you know, in a very good place knowing that answer. But I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna, uh, you know, guess here. Um, we've seen, we've seen with COVID and with uh, everything moving towards e-commerce. You know, it's the hottest thing. You know, except uh, probably energy companies like Tesla, which is everyone. You know, is, is e-commerce crypto is like the, too, the big by the thing. Way. Yeah. Oh, crypto. Yeah, yeah, I'm not even, yeah. So you know, e-commerce is big, but. E-commerce essentially is like purchasing online. You're purchasing something online, and and and, and um, even today, like e-commerce can be very lonely. Like you know, you're just there on a website, like browsing for hours, maybe. If it's you know, let's just say it's a retail website, and it's like thousands of SKUs, it can be very lonely. It's like no personal connection almost. Uh, sometimes you get this live chat, you know, but honestly, I don't feel like that's a good experience. So the future. In, in, in my opinion, it's going to be a lot more engaging in terms of the human connection. And, and I'm, I'm not just purely advocating about, you know, text messaging and conversational, but it's also like social, like social shopping. We've seen this boom with, uh, you know, live streaming. People want to get closer to people. And I think that's something that it's going to, it's going to, it's going to stick with e-commerce. And I'm not sure exactly how it's going to play out in five years, but I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that people are going to, you know, they're going to look like as a consumer, you will look for ways to interact with your brand, be it in, in, on Instagram and, and, you know, being like being socially present there, but it's going to go from a, it's going to go from a one way approach where you as a brand, just, you know, uh, you just blast things like, Hey, you know, check this out, check this out, but then don't get any kind of feedback. It's going to move towards a two, uh, towards a two way approach where, you, where, where you will literally gonna, you know, exchange ideas, talk to the brand, like, you know, like get in a conversation and that's going to happen through multiple channels. So I'm, I'm pretty sure uh, that's that's going to be big. And, you know, people expect that at some point, people will expect to even purchase through conversations. Like, you know, right now you're sending them back to a website. At some point, we believe that in a very near future, you'll be able to make purchases. Like you'll be able to say something like, oh, you know, I want this. I want these pair of sneakers. Cool. Well, here's, you know, just reply yes. You don't even need the link, actually. Just reply yes. And uh, I'll send you, you know, we'll ship out your uh, your product. I think it's going to get there. It's also a generational thing. You know, uh, we grew up with, uh, with text phones, you know, most of us with, with telephones, like with mobile phones, with iPhones. So naturally it's very, it's very simple. It's very intuitive. So I, I think, you know, a lot of friction is going to be removed in, in the next three years from the, from the uh, purchase funnel. What I, what I'm taking away from that uh, above all else is just the distinction between shopping online versus um, going to a mall. And even though it's just me and, you know, typically my girlfriend, it's, and we're still at least among other people and there's still more of a social energy. If I'm not directly interacting with each uh, individual there. Um, so that, so that right there is something we don't want to lose for sure. We, we want people to not only buy the, buy, I mean, obviously we want people to buy the product, but as more of like, a, I would say like a sub goal or a tertiary goal, we do want there to be positive connections with those purchases and with those experiences, because I think that just drives better consumer loyalty. And because um, I touched touch briefly on some of the some of the big stuff that's going on right now, uh, there's that story in, in about how uh, a bunch of uh, gamers and, and nerds and people like me got their fourteen hundred dollars. Well, not like me. I'm in Canada. 
uh, and they all bought out GameStop stocks because the market was trying to short them. The whole other story, you're all going to have to look into it. But I, I think that particular business, people have a great memories assi- associated to it. The excitement of picking up a game for the first time, going through the controller, seeing the action figures. I have positive memories associated with that. And so that I, is where a lot of that value actually comes from. Even if it's not as easy to quantify, it is very important. So that that to me is a huge takeaway. Absolutely agree. I mean, people, people buy, you know, they expect a certain experience, even if it's online, you know, they expect a certain level of experience. So the better you can make it, the more, you know, the more enjoyable, the more, the more delightful you can make that experience for them. Um, you know, the better, you're, the better off your bread is going to be And and, you know, like this is probably something worth mentioning is that as, as an e-commerce business, um, it's a good time to start thinking holistically about your uh, your your business, uh, you know, you know, think you think that hey, you know, the checkout point is the is the point where my you know where my shoppers where my my audience is making the purchase. And I really you know like sure you know you're sending out the you know the package you're using like a third party fulfillment center and whatnot. But there's a whole there, there's a, there's a lot more than that. You know, e-commerce is is the way that you you know you speak with your with your audience is, is the way that your brand speaks. It's like non it's like a non-verbal even like a non-verbal thing so it's much more than that well i think that's the perfect note to uh to wrap this up on so uh andre i gotta say this has been a great conversation Uh, i'm really happy to have you on here and as i continue to be surprised with each episode that no matter how many people i talk to there's always something new and you've definitely brought a lot of new to the table and a lot of uh interesting a really interesting strategy on how to uh, connect with people in a way that's contemporary and also uh, adopts a lot of the classic teachings that we know and are proven effective. So, um, congratulations, um, yeah, great, great stuff so far. And don't be surprised, by the way, if I uh, uh, if I consider uh, uh, using all y'all myself. No promises. I, you know, I'm 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 getting like five people every week, so like I don't want to make any promises, but the temptation is totally there. Uh, I, if there's anything else you wanted to say, parting wisdom proverbs anything like that you'd like saying you feel free to have the last word and then let the audience know how they can get involved yeah yeah absolutely um you know as as a as a as a closing thought just take it easy uh, i i feel like a lot of people uh, especially you know people that are starting out they have this drive sometimes you, you can go into the other way and be you know really forget that you're living and i actually have been there like sometimes you know days months go by and you're like what like how does this happen? Uh, it's good to acknowledge your wins, like acknowledge your wins and, you know, just chill. And, and, uh, you know, for, of course, look at the future, look where you want to get, but at the same time, like, don't forget to live. So, you know, that's something worth, uh, worth mentioning. Um, I have to so, try that. <laughs> yeah, you should try, you should try. It's a good, it's a good feeling. I'm, I'm hearing, I'm hearing good still. reviews about it. Yeah. It's a, it's got a good score on Metacritic. Exactly. I'm I'm still not doing it 100%, and I'm just a I'm just a very beginner level. But uh, I hear that once you get to a pro level at, the, at this, uh, you know, life's life's is starting to get better. Oh, fantastic! Well, to our audience, as always, your participation means a great deal to me. So for that, I say thank you. And uh, to our guests, once more, thank you for your time and your knowledge. Uh, it's been fantastic. And that's everything that we got today. So take care. All the best, and we'll check in soon. Thanks for listening. You might have found this show on many number of platforms. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, or right here on Debutify. Whatever the case, if you enjoy this content and want to help us thrive, 
please take a few moments to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you think is best. We also want to hear from you. So whether you think you'd be a good guest or want to weigh in on anything related to our show, you can email podcast at debutify.com or connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Finally, this podcast is created by the passionate team at Debutify. If you're ready to take the plunge into e-commerce or are looking to up your game, head over to Debutify.com and see how it can change your life and the lives of many through what you do next. <laughs>